the Reds' front office hasn't acted in a way to help the team truly compete, and that was evident in the weekend debacle at Great American Ballpark. Graham Ashcraft has been bad, very bad, and the Reds' rotation is in trouble, forcing the Reds to call AAA for the next exciting young arm. We're going to cover all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Hit it, Jeff. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you very much. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today and making uh, our Reds talk part of your day. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and let's face it, we got to be addicted to a team like this to keep doing this every day. I'm just kidding. We're really happy to be talking Reds with you here, but it's been a stressful weekend. We've got a lot to cover on today's Locked On Reds podcast, so thank you all for checking us out. If this is your first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, or if you're an everydayer, thank you so much for doing so. Let us know in the comments section or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we love talking Reds with you every single day because we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And on today's podcast, we are going to look at the problem that the Reds have with uh, a couple of different things. We're going to start first with the problem with the front office, the problem with the pitching staff, but the good news of Andrew Abbott's call-up. That's how we'll end today's podcast because we have lots we have to cover a little bit on the, uh, unfortunately, on the negative side, not so much the positive side here today as the Reds had a pretty bad weekend against the Milwaukee Brewers. Before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. And Steve, where we want to start is with this debacle because I, I, I think that the weekend sweep, I know that the series isn't over. There's still one more game coming up today with the Brewers, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all losses underscores the front office's unwillingness to go for it right now. It does. The Reds came into this weekend with a chance to gain a lot of ground. In fact, mm -hmm. they could have finished this series tied for first place, depending on what happens between uh, the Pirates and the Cardinals. So for, for them to come out and not only uh, not gain that much ground, but in fact lose that much ground. Yeah. They've lost every game. You know, I told you off air that, you know, I wouldn't be happy uh, with anything less than a split. And and, and we've got less than now that, we're, yeah. we're now we're trying to avoid a sweep. So for me, there's a lot of problems. They had that five game winning streak. All was right in the world. We started to feel good about this team. Mm -hmm. We started to feel good about the direction they were moving. And then they go into a four game losing streak. And a bunch of those games are games that they could have won. They could have and probably should have won the final game of the Boston series before coming home. Mm -hmm. Then they get back to Great American Ballpark and through a series of unfortunate events and misconstrued moves and really the front office not putting the best players available on the field, uh, the Reds find themselves early and often in a hole before they get out of the second or third inning. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing for me about this series is that you can point to moments 
in every single one of the losses against the Brewers and say they could have won that game. Mm -hmm. Even the game in which Graham Ashcraft gave up 10 runs, and we'll talk about Graham Ashcraft here in a minute, but even in that game, they they had bases loaded in the ninth inning and could have walked it off with a nice hit. So I, I, I look at this and I say, okay, that's fun. And yes, this is a team that is on the come up and we weren't expecting any sort of competition here, but the front office has seen this, seen this scenario unfold before them and this opportunity appear before them. And they've said, nah, at least right now. I know that there's still plenty of time left in the season. The Reds are still just five games back, even after having only uh, having lost three straight to the division leader. But it feels like, they really could have seized the horn. They could have grabbed the bull by the horns had they have brought up Ellie De La Cruz and, and gotten him into the lineup. And, and I kind of look at that as only a part of this. There's a couple of other things, though, that really stand out to me. And it starts first and foremost with this three-catcher plan. It's something that in spring training, you and I both loved. We, mm-hmm. we, we love this plan because it's going to free up Tyler Stevenson, be in the lineup every day. He's not going to have to catch every day. We're going to get that bat. Two problems have happened there. Number one, his bat ain't been very good, and they've stopped playing him at first base. Dude hadn't played there since April. No, in fact, he has only played six times this season yeah. at first base. So they've abandoned the plan without publicly abandoning the plan. Still got three and catches they only on the roster too. halfway abandoned the plan. <laughs> um, you know, I tweeted this out. You talk about that Graham Ashcraft start where he gave up 10 runs and they fought back. The ninth inning, they did have an opportunity, as you say, bases loaded. But in the eighth inning, that inning started off with the seven, eight, nine hitters. One mm-hmm. of those hitters being Kurt Casale. Those three guys didn't do their job. Nope. Only one guy got on base. Other two, easy outs. Then you get up Jonathan India and Matt McClain. They start doing some things, but it was too little too late. You know, had they had a seven, eight, nine hitter that could be a little productive, they could have chipped away more in the eighth and it wouldn't have come so close in the ninth. They were in a position to do things. And and that's the frustrating part. There's there's obvious moves. As you say, getting rid of the third catcher. And I, 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 just, I hate to say it, but that's Kirk Casale. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to cut him. And I know that they've got guaranteed money tied up in him. But if we look at the catchers that are on the roster, yes, Tyler Stevenson's been bad, but hopefully he's fixable. Hopefully there's still some upside there. So you don't you don't send him down. You no. don't cut him. There's, there's nothing right? to be gained there's by no, that. There's no, nothing no. to be gained by that. So then you look at the other two catchers. Well, Luke Maley has been much better yes. than Kurt Casale. Now I know there's a All lot around, of yeah. I know there's a lot of talk about how great Kurt Casale is in in defensively and managing the pitchers, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Luke Maley can do that just fine. Yeah. Uh, get Kurt Casale off of this roster and bring up somebody, whether it's Ellie De La Cruz or CES, somebody yeah. that will make a meaningful instant impact to this lineup. Because I'll tell you right now, whatever the period of adjustment is for Ellie or for CES, they're going to give you more offensively than Kurt Casale is. It's, un- it's, it's un- a win. Unquestioned. And, and the argument of, well, they handle a pitching staff really good is the argument I've heard for every bad catcher for the last 20 years of my life. Like I, I, I get it. At some point there's going to be some hitting. You can't just have one spot of your lineup as an automatic out every time they come up. And I know Casale had a couple of hits in the series, but let's be frank here. Like his average improved with those one for five performances because it's been so dismal. The other part of this for me, and it's a smaller part because I think this is more David Bell than it is the front office, but it's following along with their plan as a whole we talked about on Friday, Kevin Newman, real or fake. 
And we said, look, he's, he's had a nice stretch. We've really had a lot of fun watching him play. We're not buying into this. You know who did? David Bell. David Bell and the Reds. <laughs> they bat him lead off, and not just against the lefty, because that was the argument for so far this season as to why he was starting at all, is mm-hmm. because he can hit a left-handed pitcher. But the Brewers threw two right-handers on Saturday and Sunday, and they still hit Kevin Newman lead off. I get it. TJ Friedel's hurt. But that would mean that Jonathan India should bat lead off. I, I don't understand that there's two things in that that it's like, okay, we're married now to the idea of Jonathan India batting third, and there's no leeway there. And we're married to the idea of Kevin Newman batting leadoff, and that makes no sense. No, I, I think Jonathan India is much more productive when he's leading off the game. Yeah. I, I mean, one, three, I don't know how much I buy into when you move a guy around in the lineup, it throws him off. I mean, I guess I'd have to hear from some of the, the players themselves. It'd be a great question. Brandon Phillips would like a word. Right. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be something for them to be candid about. But for me, I like India in the leadoff spot. I like Matt McClain. I think we found our number two hitter for the foreseeable future. Matt McClain, every day, shortstop, batting second. Yes. I, I, I'm good with that. Having Kevin Newman lead off this game and and in a variety of positions, making his first ever first start base. at first base, yeah. never having played there before, and then just to keep the momentum going, I guess, go ahead and throw him out there a day as the DH too. I just yeah. I don't understand <laughs> what they're doing with Kevin Newman other than maybe hoping he continues to stay just this hot so they can flip him. It's the only thing that makes sense to me uh, because this lineup construction has really uh, lacked uh, in in forethought and and you know I thought that. David Bell being Mr. Analytic and and breaking it down and playing the playing the righty lefty combinations everything he's done with Kevin Newman the last week has thrown all that out the window. Yeah, uh, Kevin Newman one for nine Saturday and Sunday. I I just I don't understand him batting leadoff. Like look, you can you can say well Friedel's hurt. We got to shuffle the lineup. Fine, bat Kevin Newman in the bottom third of the mm-hmm. lineup if he's playing against. A right-handed pitcher for me, and 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 briefly too, like T.J. Friedel, how long it took them to put him on the IL? It's something that the Reds have done, you know, years for years now, where they wait so long to put these guys on the injured list, and they finally admitted it. They called up T.J. Hopkins, which I'm excited about. That looking forward to seeing more from T.J. Hopkins, but at the same time, like I, I really don't understand why this team constantly is just like, no, 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 he's going to be okay. And then a week later, they're like, no, 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 no. He's going to be okay. But all the while, they've got this one bench spot that they just can't use. It's, it's an, it, 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 And I know this, this word has been kind of bandied about on Twitter a little bit, so I feel like it's a little bit overplayed with, when it comes to the Reds right now, but it feels unserious to me. You know, one of the things with this injury deal, and, and I know we're running short on this segment, Jeff, but um, being out at the ballpark this week, uh, and you know how much I love it down there. I've had an opportunity to talk to lots of fans, lots of listeners. And just yesterday, I ran into Sidney Price, uh, one of our faithful listeners, and we were talking about the injuries. And and during the course of the conversation, I brought back up my, my thought that the Reds really have an obligation to protect these players from themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. I think David Bell's going to TJ and saying, hey. You're going to be able to go in the next day? Sure, sure yeah, I am. Yeah. Absolutely. And they just keep rolling with that when really what they need is like, you know, your kid. You got to be like, look, for your best interest, for your own good, you're not playing this week. Right. And we're going to put you on the 10-day injured list. And then you bring up somebody that can actually contribute and help the team win. And the moment you bring up hamstring, that's immediate IL mm-hmm. stent right Yeah, there. we've talked about this. Yeah, I don't... 
I don't understand the whole wishy-washy, maybe he'll be okay thing with that. It's just, it's, it's apparent to me through how the team played and how it was set up to play this weekend that management is not serious about the Reds going for the division this season. Yeah, they are not all in at all on trying to win the division. But listen, Jeff, uh, there's some other problems, and Graham Ashcraft, unfortunately, is one of them. Uh, but he's not the problem. Uh, coming up, we are going to take a look at what the big problem is for the Reds right after this. All right, Jeff, before we talk about the parts that are needed to fix the Reds rotation, let's talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage section and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you have the right parts in your hand. And the right parts are guaranteed with eBay Motors. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Reds and the Brewers go at it one more time in a really wonky fork game of a four-game series ending on a Monday. It's a getaway day out at Great American Ballpark. The Reds will try to avoid the sweep with a 12.35 start time. Uh, Andrew Abbott goes to the mound for the Reds making his major league debut. And you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every dares on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down that start from Andrew Abbott and hopefully be talking about how the Reds avoided a sweep and get you all set for the upcoming series with the hated Los Angeles Dodgers. All right, we need to talk about the Graham Ashcraft problem, and it's one of many problems. In fact, right now, when we talked about this team at the beginning of the season, the starting pitching was the strength. It was the thing that we could rely on, and it is in the shambles. It starts with Graham Ashcraft, and it's pretty much all downhill from there. And I think that's been the biggest of the negatives for me this weekend is just how the pitching itself has developed and the way that Graham Ashcraft really continues. I mean, this was his worst start yet. And, and I feel like I keep saying that every time he goes out. And it's now six starts that he has given up just way too much. Yeah, it's hold my beer every time. Oh, oh, you think that was bad? Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> we go. I mean, his last six starts, he's given up 30. No, I'm sorry, 40 total runs. One of them was unearned. Uh, but 40 total runs, and he's averaging just a smidge over four innings. I'm sorry, four and a third innings per start. None of that's good. Obviously, the big thing... For Graham Ashcraft, for Hunter Green, for Nicoladolo was, can they take a step forward this year? And man, I, after the first six starts of the season, you thought, boy, Graham Ashcraft looks like he's taking that step. And after these last six, you're like, okay, it was one step forward, and now it's like three or four steps back. And it's it's hard to really pinpoint what changed. 
Right. Because Graham Ashcraft is just doing what he's always done. A couple things have happened. It's, it's been well publicized that right at the same time this whole skid started is when he went through some family issues with his grandmother passing away, and, and it threw him off his game. That's to be expected, and I don't think anybody, not us, not anybody that I've talked to, is heartless enough to not take that into account. Right. Like, we all understand that. But, you know, we're now six starts post that event, and there's been no improvement. And as you say, it's in fact getting worse. His walk rate is higher than it was before. His amount of runs given up is ridiculous. The homers, the homers are a problem. Uh, you take all of these things and look at them as a whole, and something's got to be done. And I don't know if it can be fixed in, in a Major League Baseball game facing Major League hitters. You know, it... Look, Jeff, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, we've talked about in the past where pitchers suddenly have some kind of issue, and we've we've jokingly called it, you know, inflamed ERA, ERA-itis, whatever it is that you want to call it, and it might not be a bad time for Graham Ashcraft to come down with one of those ailments and take a couple weeks and push the reset button. See, and I would normally agree with you. The problem is Nicoladolo just got pushed to the 60-day IL. Hunter Green just had a start push back. That was kind of the the trade-off with the call-up for Andrew Abbott. It's like, yes, Abbott's making his debut, and Hunter Green gets pushed back. Do we skip a start? He's not going to pitch till next Sunday. And, and you look at this pitching staff, and everywhere you seem to turn, I mean, Ben Lively struggled mightily on Sunday, looked a little bit more like the guy we were talking about, and we worried that we were going to get out of the rotation. He did pitch seven innings. I'll give him that, but five earned runs is not going to get the job done. So I I... I I wonder if the Reds even have the ability to put Graham Ashcraft on the ERA itis list because they kind of need him. That's that's a fair point. And and to your point about Ben Lively, I know we didn't throw it in there, but quickly, uh, outside of the walks in that that three run homer, mm-hmm. he didn't pitch that bad. He pitched like a fifth starter that I would be okay with, but walks will haunt, right? But let's let's quickly review some of those guys you mentioned. Nicoladola was transferred to the sixty day injured list. That's a procedural move most of the time. This actually does tell us something. Uh, the fact of the matter is Nick Lodolo's still walking around in a walking boot. Uh, and probably what that means, Jeff, is we are not going to see him till after the All-Star game. I imagine maybe just prior to the All-Star break, he can get some rehab work in and start stretching out, building the arm strength back up. Right. Best case scenario, when we come out of the All-Star break and reset the rotation, he would be available. I think that's the best case scenario right now for Nick Lodolo. Hunter Green, not only are they pushing back, they're skip- he's taking an entire extra week off. Yeah. They didn't push him back a day or two. He's not pitching until Sunday in St. Louis. Right. So they're, they're miniature shutting him down, and they're going to have to use some roster tricks, I think, in order to keep the right pitchers available because basically they're going to carry six starters for the next week and a half or two weeks. It just underscores to me, though, there's no wiggle room here. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you can't sit Graham Ashcraft down for a week or two and say, yeah, we're going to be all right, Like unless they really want to go for a bullpen day. And this bullpen is depleted, too. I mean, you talk about Derek Law, Casey Legamina's on the IL. Like, they're, they're not getting Rebar San Martin back anytime soon and, and, and other guys like that. So it, it's really rough to see how this pitching staff has gotten. This was something, again, that kind of harkens back to how serious the front office is. They did not position themselves well that if a scenario were to appear and they could compete in the division, that they had the depth of pitching to do so. Like, we're seeing that right now, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate for me because Graham Ashcraft is a dude, and we understand 
that he has the ability to do this. But kind of like you said, with the walk rate kind of seeing the tick up, the, the homers being a thing, something else that I've noticed is he's a two-pitch pitcher now. And, and, and his two pitches really kind of have the same, like, break pattern. like the, the, so slide, the same movement. Yeah, the slider breaks more than the cutter, but they both break in the same direction. And because last year, you know, and obviously a little bit more pitching, but he threw way more sinkers than he's throwing this year. Like, he barely throws his sinker. According to StatCast, he's only thrown it like 50 times so far this year. And if you remember when we had Chris Welsh on at the end of last season, we were talking about how a starting pitcher can be the most effective. And one of the things he cited was having multiple breaking pitches that break differently Different, so that yeah. you can confuse the hitters. And, and I hear what you're saying is that right now, Graham Ashcraft's pitches all look the same coming out of his hand. They do. So, you know, if you're a hitter and you can just say, okay, like, look, it, it's going to break this way. And I feel like we've talked about this a couple of different times before, but did Graham Ashcraft enter himself into the Hunter Green conversation of he needs a third pitch? Because I kind of think he did. I, I think I agree with you. And listen, before we get out of this segment, Jeff, let's just kind of reset for everybody where the Reds rotation is yep. beginning today with Andrew Abbott making his major league debut, which we're going to talk a lot about coming up in the next segment. Uh, and then tomorrow, Luke Weaver is going to go on Tuesday uh, versus the Dodgers mm -hmm. and Tony Goslin. Then Brandon Williamson will take them out on Wednesday facing Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is already scheduled to pitch so the reds have that out there right now he's going to be pitching against clayton kershaw who i'm I, i'm looking forward to actually watching that game just to see clayton kershaw yeah. but uh coming after ashcraft will be ben lively again he'll open things up on friday uh to begin that st louis series uh andrew abbott will take a second turn so this is where i'm concerned mm -hmm. about hunter green because andrew abbott's going to take a second turn before, before we see hunter green again hunter green's not going to pitch until sunday so uh, i hope i hope beyond all hopes that between now and sunday that hip and that's what hunter green's dealing with is a sore hip that that hip is good to go and he's able to pitch and be himself because if it's not they need to shut him down they don't need to play these games like they've done with the other injuries as we've talked about yeah i i agree like th this pitching staff just has no wiggle room like they might be able to call up levi stout although I, I i'm starting to feel like the way that they are handling him and there's a lot more to be discussed with this and we're not going to get into it at this moment but the way that they're handling him makes me think they're already considering him a bullpen pitcher but We'll get to that in a later episode. Uh, as of right now, the pitching is interesting. However, Andrew Abbott is very interesting, and uh, he is coming up. And despite all of the turmoil with this pitching staff, we are excited about Andrew Abbott's debut today. We're going to explain to you why you should be excited, too. That's coming up right after this. This show is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. You know... I'm always learning new things about myself. I'm a person that's comfortable in my own skin, but when it comes to life, there's always new challenges that come up as soon as I think I know everything and I've got everything figured out. We're not meant to get through all of those things by ourselves. Whether through friends or family, we need a support system to lean on. But what if you feel like you can't lean on anyone? There's always help out there, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on MLB for 10% off your first month with better help. 
You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast coming up tonight as the Reds and Brewers play at 7.10 p.m. on the SiriusXM app. Just download the SXM app and search Reds. And uh, in between episodes, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube as well. And, and drop a thought in our comments section. If you're an everydayer, uh, let us know that. Or if you've got some questions or, or thoughts about what's going on with the Reds, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well because we love talking Reds. Um, speaking of what we love, we love the call-up of Andrew Abbott. We've been looking for this for a, a little while now because he has absolutely just been sending the minor league uh, landscape on fire with how he's pitching. And I was trying to think of a, a clever way of saying sending hitters on fire, but that sounds really murderous. <laughs> but he's pitched really well, but, well. But he's been murdering the the hitters. That that is that is a true representation. Listen, we talked about him a couple weeks ago and and put his numbers out there. They've just gotten better yeah. since we talked about it. You know, if you take his entire time in the minor leagues this year, that's between Double A Chattanooga and Triple A Louisville. Right now, is two point five zero ERA in fifty four innings, ninety strikeouts to just seventeen walks. And you know, that's our favorite ratio to <laughs> yeah. look at when we're looking at these minor that's league pitchers. Amazing. How many guys are they striking? out and how many free passes are they issuing i like his ratio uh you got an interesting text uh talking about yeah. his mechanics and and how he looks yeah i was actually uh texting back and forth with one of the pre and post guys for the milwaukee brewers Vinny Rotino. he used to be he actually used to play in the major leagues he was a hitter and he said he's just watching the side-by-side video of andrew abbott and cliff lee the mechanics are very similar almost exactly the same, and we know how well Cliff Lee did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm all in on anybody saying that we got a dude that looks like Cliff Lee coming up. So if you haven't been paying attention, and I know all of our listeners are paying attention, but if you haven't been paying attention to the minor leagues and you're not exactly sure who Andrew Abbott is, well, according to Baseball America, the scouting report says that he's a back-of-the-rotation type of starter with smart, cerebral, and even-keeled approach. So that's what we're looking for in a pitcher, a guy that's not going to get rattled, a guy that's smart, that thinks about what he's doing, a, a a pitcher that you can count on not to get rattled. And I think that's the important thing when you're asking a guy to jump up and jump into a rotation that's a bit of a train wreck right now. <laughs> yeah, the the rotation itself is pretty rattled. But one of the other things that I saw on Baseball uh, America and on a couple of other sites is they say he has plus control. What have we always heard when guys coming up? Well, is, hopefully they can throw strikes. Mm-hmm. If you've got 90 strikeouts and 17 walks and 54 innings, I don't care if you're facing double-A AA or triple-A hitters. Those are still things that you have to control. He controls them very well and that's amazing to see because his pitch arsenal is pretty full it is he throws four pitches jeff and we just talked about this with graham ashcraft and basically only throwing two pitches right now so andrew abbott's coming to the table working four productive pitches he's got a fastball he's got a change up he's got a curveball and he's got a slider now i haven't taken the time to compare the film but just in the little bit of video that i watch it looks like you can see a a pretty marked difference in how the curveball breaks and how his slider breaks so that also goes to the point you were making earlier about graham ashcraft you want different looks and i think that andrew abbott brings that Uh, he's going to have the advantage of uh, the hitters that he's facing today haven't had a lot of time to research him and study his film now i'm sure that the the brewers hitters took a look after the game yesterday and are trying to get set for him but you know in the early goings 
you think that the the breakdown favors the pitcher while the hitters try and figure it out, and then they'll eventually catch up. So I like I like his chances in this game where it's the fourth game of a series. The Brewers have won three in a row. There's been some dog fights. There's been a lot of runs scored a couple times. There, there's been a lot happening. I, I, I like the Reds' chances with a an unknown rookie pitcher on the mound being able to come in and kind of disrupt things and allow the Reds to steal one and avoid the sweep. And Vinny did tell me that uh, the Brewers really struggle against lefties who have – their stuff together and pitch smartly and have good control. So really hope to see that that struggles could continue. Now, the interesting part for this is he was on the taxi squad on Sunday. So the Reds didn't actually make a roster move to add him. They've got to add him to the 26 man roster. So somebody has got to move off and they've got to add him to the 40 man roster. Cause he's not currently on that as well. Let's, let's look at those two things very briefly because I think one is a lot easier than the other. Mm-hmm. You can look at the 40-man roster and you can pick out a couple of different dudes, a couple of different moves that the Reds can make, and nobody would bat an eye if they did that. Yeah, and I, and I think it will be done with two different moves. I think there will be a 40-man roster move yep. and there will be a 26-man roster move. For me, on the on the 40-man roster, there's some options. You can remove Joe Kunal from the 40-man roster. Yep. You can remove Ricky Karcher, uh, or you can remove Alan Buznitz, and I think that's probably yeah. the easiest of those three moves. He's not uh, getting claimed. He's not getting claimed. I, I just I don't foresee a scenario where they lose him. So I, I think they can make that transaction and keep and actually keep him in AAA. Uh, another direction they could go is there's a couple guys on the 15 day IL that they could transfer to the 60, and in, and in the case of Derek Law, uh, you wouldn't really be losing that many more days because he's been on the IL long enough, and it would be retroactive. Uh, the other thing you could do is move Casey uh, Legumina to the 60-day injured list as well. Now, that frees up the 40-man roster spot so that you can put Abbott on the 40-man. But you still need to make room for him on the major league roster. And it's going to have to be a pitcher. So yeah. they're going to be probably looking to send somebody down. For me, it would make sense to send Salazar down since he pitched yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you send him down. You bring in Andrew Abbott. And again, they're going to be basically uh, operating a relief pitcher short during this time period because they're going to carry six starters because Hunter Green is still on the roster. And that's where initially when I saw this call-up, I thought, oh, they are putting Graham Ashcraft on the injured list. But it just doesn't make any sense to me because if you do that, then you still have a start this week that you've got to fill, and then you would have to make another Mm call-up anyway. So I think that you're right. I think it's going to be uh, Salazar. I can't really think of any other pitcher that is just standing out to me. I know that we've we've seen some struggles recently, but – Really, this this bullpen has kind of been stripped a little bit down to the bare bones, and mm-hmm. you know we've we've still got the elite uh, pitchers in Alexis Diaz and and close to elite in Lucas Sims, and, and some other guys that we're just hoping they can catch fire and and be consistent. So there's not like anyone else other than Salazar. I think that they would send down because Salazar seemed to struggle a little bit with his control. So that that would that would work for me. I'm I'm happy though. That basically by, you know, scheduling him for two starts this week and, and David Bell has basically come out and said, he's here. We're, we're not, this is not like a, hey, you're going to start and then we're going to send you back down thing. Like Andrew Abbott's here and we're happy. About yeah. It. Charlie Goldsmith reported that what David Bell said was, this is not a spot start. Right. We're, we're excited for him to be in the rotation. And he's got the talent. So, so he's there. Stick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, and that's a happy note. I think as negative as the top two segments had to be to talk about what's going on, I'm excited about Andrew Abbott. These are the things that we looked forward to when we got to the beginning of this season, Jeff. We were looking forward to seeing these guys. And now we're seeing some of them. Now, I know you and I are both kind of caught up in this, but we could win the division talk, and I'm not ready to give up on that. Right. But 
we all need to probably take a beat and remind ourselves the thing we were excited for the this main, year is the yeah. development of these young players like Andrew Abbott. And we're getting that out of Great American Ballpark today. And, you know, if this were a video game, obviously the main goal would be to do that. There's this little side mission of winning the division that feels like we ran into our first boss this weekend and totally failed. So we got to figure out exactly what the Reds need to get this uh, working for this year. But the, the good news is Andrew Abbott's here. Hopefully here soon we'll see Ellie De La Cruz that just continues to do amazing things. I had to get his name in here. This is, yep, we went absolutely. we went 31 minutes without saying Ellie De La Cruz's name. What <laughs> on earth are we doing? But that is how we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Before we get out of here, make sure that you check out the hometown broadcast for the Reds on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds. And that's going to wrap us up for today, Jeff. It's good doing this with you in person here in your studio, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for making Locked on Red your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to break down the very first start of the Andrew Abbott era. So make sure you tune in for that. The Reds have an opportunity to avoid a sweep. What's that mean for you and me? That means that we are going to be all over what this team is getting ready to do as far as transactions, call-ups, if they've got anybody that they're going to be trading, if they've got anybody they're going to be signing, we're going to be all over it because we're going to be locked on Reds every single day. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you.